Uh, it is Father's Day, and uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about uh, why we raise kids, the reason, uh, God's reasons, um, His purpose, and, and really His purpose in having fathers. Um, I realize that in our world today that um, we're kind of doing mix and match, do whatever you can or want, and uh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Uh, and I want to tell you, um, God's got a pattern here. It's a good pattern. It's a pattern that we should follow. Uh, and if the, the pattern is broken, um, we should find the, the gaps being filled in by his people in his church. Uh, it's not something that we can do some other way. Uh, this is what God has intended, that we would have families that would be connected with the church. Um, this morning, I, I love preaching on Father's Day. Uh, I almost would say that it's my favorite Sunday of the year. Uh, on Mother's Day, it's kind of dicey. I'll admit that to you, uh, because if you say anything about mothers, you realize that you don't know what you're talking about. Um, but I am a father, and so if I say anything mean today, I'm saying it to myself. And uh, fathers, I'm right there with you. Um, in our in our world today, in the United States, obviously, I, I, I would even say, obviously, it's... It doesn't need to be said. There's almost a crisis when it comes to fatherhood. Uh, we cheered. Uh, we we had instant celebrity status for this mother in Baltimore uh, during the recent riots, where she finds her teenage son participating in the lawlessness, and she proceeds to yell at him chase him down and slap him senseless uh, while the camera's on. And we loved it. We loved it. Uh, we were, uh, you know, the, the nation rose, uh, you know, run for president. We'll vote for you. Uh, 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 we, we loved it. We loved the mom uh, saying, you're not going to do this. This is wrong. But the story behind the story is that she was a single mom. And there was a dad that was MIA, that he was he, he should have been doing that job, uh, that teenage boy's whole life, so that he would not think that this was the way to bring out your frustrations of injustice in his mind. In fact, this last week, um, we had uh, uh, killing a, a young man goes into a, a a black church and, and guns down uh, some people and the pastor there. And it's this big deal in our culture. And, and it happens every so often, right? It's happening more often than every so often right now. And, and, and this is what I think. I see that happen. And I'm teaching on uh, fathers, fathers. And I think to myself, I wonder what his father was like. I, I don't really follow news stories like that. I don't get all into them. But as I was wondering, I looked it up and divorced family, abusive father. There it is. Right? Why would, 
why would a young man do that? What would get him to the place? Uh, to uh, Once again, uh, Father, m- missing in action. He was present, but missing in action. He, he didn't do his job. He didn't do his job. And, and this morning, I, I want to encourage fathers. Um, I, I want to talk to fathers. And if you're not a father here today, thank you for coming. Uh, I, I want you to be involved in this. If you're a mom... Uh, or a grandmother, I, I want you to consider the man in your life or your sons and give your heart to them as they seek to be a father, a grandfather, as your son uh, is growing up that he might think in terms of what it is to be a father. It's sad to me that uh, we're even losing this with young ladies, but if you talk to a young girl and you ask her, maybe a first grader or a second grader, what do you want to be when you get big? And she says, oh, I dream of one day being an astronaut. I dream of one day being a school teacher. I, I, I want one day to be a lawyer, one of those sassy women on TV shaking their finger at the judge, telling him off. That's what I dream of. Instead of saying, I I just want to be a mom. I just want to be a mom. I'm excited to be a mom. And nowhere, nowhere, very rarely. I mean, there's probably a kid in Kansas somewhere, uh, a first grade boy, where you ask him, what do you want to be when you get big? And he goes, oh, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to work for the FBI. I want to be a scientist. I want to invent. I want to be an inventor. I want to be this. I want to be a builder guy. That was a great toolbox, by the way. I saw it there. Great toolbox. I was jealous. I don't need one right now, but like, I just need it organized. That's what I need. Um, there's just no young man who will say, "I want to be a father." I want to be a father. And as you, I'm not just talking first grade. As you go up. You talk to young middle school boys and you would be a father and they're like, no, I, yeah, uh, you know, and, and young men are like, you, you know, I, I, I don't want to participate in that. I don't want to be that. I just, it just sounds like a mess there. It sounds like there are no benefits to being a father. Why would I want to be involved in that? Uh, we could speculate on why that is as a culture. I think it has a lot to do with us. Here, adults, maybe we don't make it look that good. Maybe we complain about it too much. Maybe we're so selfish that that we, our kids look at it and they go, I don't want to be a dad. I don't want to be a mom because look at the way my parents look at it. This morning, I want to uh, tell you that it is great to be a father. It's not easy to be a father, but it's great to be a father. Um, And I want to encourage you, as I said, today might be a hard day for you. You may have lost your father. He he may have passed away even recently. And you you consider that and you just say, I wish, I wish, I wish. I want to tell you that uh, you you all have regrets. don't, Don't see regrets as something peculiar. But just realize that God gave you a father to teach you something sometime that he gave you older men in your life that would show you the way. And be thankful for that. Be thankful uh, for what he has done. 
Uh, if you're married to a father, be thankful for him. Be thankful, not, not because he's perfect, because I know he's not. I know some of the men here, I know they're not. I mean, we could take the time to uh, unpack our weaknesses today, and that would take up a lot of time. Um, but but be thankful, but to realize that this day is not about us being great, but us seeing the plan of God uh, being unfolded before you. And uh, moms, I, I want I want to encourage you to cheer your husbands on. Cheer your husbands on. Encourage them as you see them fumbling through it and stumbling. This is what uh, you want them to be involved with, to being a dad. I have reasons of why we should be a dad. What were the benefits and really the plan of God for you this morning? And I have five reasons, and we'll start in the book of Malachi. Last uh, book of the Old Testament. Um, And we've gone over this before in different parenting type situations. But the first reason that I'd give that God has given it's part of his design in the book of Malachi is for a godly generation and not just a godly generation but for a godly next generation a godly next generation we have a target as uh, the the body of Christ for that next generation that they would be something that they would be peculiar in a certain way, that they would know something, that they would be set up, if you will. I, I've thought often about what it is to be the role of, uh, of a father. And, and I, I don't know if you've ever watched a t-ball game. If you haven't, you should just go. Even if you're not, uh, and cheer for everybody. Cheer for the, you know, cheer for everybody. Um, but t-ball is an interesting deal because there's the T, there's the ball, and there's the bats. They're like in a gun case. I don't know if you've ever seen it. They're under lock and key because the little kids, bats, it's a bad deal. You know, anyways, but you got to kind of check it out. And if you only get it for a few moments and then the dad's holding it as he puts the ball on the tee. And there's a reason to hold it while he's putting it on the tee. If you don't know, don't get involved until you've seen this a couple of times. But why the, the the father he sets up the kid for success he can't do it for him it comes pretty close i realize uh uh you you, you put that ball on there and and then you're like you know, get it right there. And then, then you step away for a moment and you're, you're hoping things, you're setting them up for success. And I want to tell you, this is the picture of what it is to be a father. We, we look at the, the book of Malachi and we see in chapter two, verse 14, uh, God is, uh, sharing his message through the prophet. And he's saying to them, he says, I I have this, you're my people, but I have this thing against you. And this is what it is. And and he explains to them that it's about marriage. It's about marriage. And marriage has a, a destination. It has a product. And this is the product. It's this godly generation. In chapter two, verse 14, he says this, Uh, Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless, though she is the companion and and your wife by covenant, meaning your marriage is is struggling. And, And what about that? He says this. Did did he not make them one with a portion of 
the spirit in their union. And then he says this. And and what was the one God seeking? What was he seeking? What what out of marriage was he seeking? And it says this godly offspring. He says, so guard yourself in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. You you look at this and you say, uh, your marriage wasn't even about you. It's not about your happiness. It's not about your fulfillment. It's not about your career and your house. It's not about that. It's that you would have godly offspring. It is that that would be the product of your marriage. And as a father, you say, well, what is my role? Uh, well, you go to the end of the book of Malachi and you see this. You look at uh, chapter 4, verse 6. As he's coming to the close, it speaks of what God is doing and what needs to be done. And it says, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. How is this done? It's that fathers, fathers taking the lead in the home, that their heart would be for their children. And why would that be? Why would that be? So that the godly generations would continue. That as we seek God in this generation, that it would be passed down to our children. Uh, This is why we gather as a church. This is one of the things that drives us, is that we know that this needs to be passed down. Um, As I see my own children uh, grow up, I realize that I'm becoming less significant by the hour. Uh, I am... I am chasing them around, not so much in terms of, I'm not setting the schedule as much. I'm I'm following their schedule. They're becoming more important. I'm becoming less important. And that was God's intention. But what is it that they are to be doing godly? They're to be godly. In the next generation, they are to continue on to seek and to follow God. You know what? There's a lot of things you can do in this life. A lot of things. Um, You can be involved in a lot of different things. There's different recreations that you might like. There's different sports that your kids might play. There's different instruments that they can do. They can, uh, um, you know, uh, dance ballet and all these other things. We were thinking about getting my son Daniel involved in that. And we just didn't think it was a good idea. Sorry, Dan. Don't tell him I said that. Okay. Uh, Most of you know my son Daniel. It's quite a visual. Anyways, uh. But um, you you look at these things, there's many different things you can be involved with and you should be involved in these things. But as a secondary issue, as a secondary issue, they should never encroach on you raising a godly generation. And if you can't, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, what if we miss out? You will miss out. I, I encourage you to miss out. Because the priority of your children knowing that they are being raised to be godly. They may not follow after God. They may choose to walk away. But as you have this time, protect it for him. Can't say yes to everything, so you've got to say no. And if you say yes to everything, you're saying no to other things. Uh, just by way of default. Just by way of there's not enough hours in the day. Godly offspring, godly generation. This is the reason that God has fathers. This is the reason that he's given parents to children. We're so used to the fact of creation that he did do this, 
But he didn't have to. Do you realize that God could have done this any way he wanted to? He could have had each generation be self-contained and he would have uh, caused them to come into this life all together and they could have done it themselves. But that wasn't his choice. His choice was to have a father and a mother. And so out of this, there's this godly offspring. Reason number two, uh, fathers uh, are, you know, part of God's design to provide protective teaching. If you look over at Proverbs chapter 4, and I want to tell you that it's all over the book of Proverbs. In fact, it's a book of Father's teaching uh, that's protective. And when I say this, that, that a father's role is to teach children so that they would not destroy their life. Think about that right now. That, that a father's teaching is to children so that they would not ruin their lives. I, if I asked you right now, what has what your father taught you? Either by example or by uh, long lecture. <laughs> you know. Uh, what has your father taught you? And, and I, I know that we could all come up with many lessons. Many, many lessons. My father taught me how to work on the car. My father taught me how to build this. My father taught me how to drive. My father taught me this, that, and the other thing. And and all of this teaching, it's as if fathers are, are born and designed to teach, to instruct, to help, to impart wisdom. But I want to tell you the purpose of this teaching. Sometimes, uh, Sometimes dads just like to hear themselves talk. I say that. I could say that because I'm a dad. <laughs> so you're going, that's not very nice. It's true. It's true. They, they go, oh, back when I was a kid and, you know, we didn't do it like this. Yeah, yeah that's, you know, tune out time, right? <laughs> you start sounding like Charlie Brown's parents at that point. <laughs> uh, fathers are designed to teach, but their teaching has a purpose. And as fathers... We should connect this purpose. We should uh, limit our teaching for this reason. It's to protect them. If you look at Proverbs chapter 4, looking, starting at verse 1, and we could really read the whole uh, chapter because it's, it's talking about this father's instruction. And really the whole book, as I said earlier. But listen to this. Hear, O sons, verse 1, a father's instruction and be attentive that you may gain insight for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. He's saying, I'm teaching you. I'm giving you this. Listen, please listen. And why does a father want their children to listen? Not to just hear themselves talk, not to just feel good about themselves because they're giving them patterns that will protect them in the future. And really, uh, the big issues in the book of Proverbs is missing the Lord. Missing the Lord in the midst of life. I want to teach you so you don't miss the Lord. I, I want to teach you uh, so you don't get involved with the dirty woman. She's all over the book of Proverbs. 
I teach you this. I give you this instruction so it will protect you. I'll I'll, I'll protect you in ways to think about your own character. I will protect you in ways to think about uh, future life and how to spend it and not waste it. I want to teach you how to speak. Speak words that will not ruin your reputation, but protect it. And the father goes on and on and on. Why? Because he wants to protect his child. If you look down at verse 10, it says this, Hear, hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I want to protect you. And he says, I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let it let go. Guard her. For she is your life. And you get this picture here that fathers, as they instruct their children, they do so to protect their life, to give them life. Fathers who are in the game right now, you have young ones in your home. Teach them and instruct them. Prepare them. Don't look at them as 10. Look at them as 30. And, and work backwards, do some reverse engineering. What are they going to need to know at 30 that I can teach them now with their 10? Well, what do I need to be working on? And, and, and this is the difficulty, men, is sometimes we have hobbies. Sometimes we have uh, useless information that we have loved over our lifetime. And we sit our kids down. We take great pains to unload this stuff. And we make it a big deal for them. And yet we skip over the things that will protect them from life. There's many challenges out there. And we need to use this time as fathers to instruct them. Because if we don't, guess what? Uh, They're left to their own devices. We have an enemy that says in the book of 1 Peter, is going around looking for someone to devour, a roaring lion, prowling, looking for prey. That was number two, that we do protective teaching. If you look in the same book, book of Proverbs, turning over to the end portion, Proverbs 23, the latter portion. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 24 and 25. And this too is a reoccurring theme of this raising of children and the outcome of it. And you say, you say to yourself, well, I don't know if I want to participate in this. I don't know if it'll be worth it. I don't know if I want it. Uh, to be a dad. I share this with you that the outcome of your children as they do what God wants them to do, this is the outcome of that. This will be the thing that comes out to your life. In Proverbs chapter 23, verses 24 and 25, it says this, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. You know what? Um, It's true that when um, a son or daughter is five, uh, they take great pride in their daddy. They make up grand stories, uh, especially to one another about their dad. My dad's so strong. He can pick up the car. Oh, yeah. My dad's stronger than your dad. He does it with one hand. 
Well, he also picks up the house sometimes too. Like there, there's these. Well, my dad can beat up your dad. You know, uh, you, you get grand stories, but you know what? There's no, there's no greater joy that comes when when a, a father looks at their adult son, their adult daughter, that's doing what's right. And they're filled with joy. They're, they're overwhelmed at, at God, how good he's been. They're thrilled with it. It's the greatest accomplishment of life. It's the thing that, that you just go, it's great. And I realize there's great heartache to that as well. For some of you, even as I share that, you say, I, I'd love to feel that. And I want to say this, don't give up. Don't give up. I could point to people right here sitting with us now that as their son or daughter was in high school, they were like, this isn't working out so well. This is making me nervous. I, I don't like who they are, the stuff that's coming home. And, and now they rejoice at their son. They rejoice at their daughter. It's a high risk game. But I want to tell you that joy and fulfillment comes from raising children to follow after the Lord. Reason number four. Second Thessalonians chapter two, if you want to turn over there, that a father's job and a father's purpose and a father's calling and a natural calling is to point to God. And not just to point to God and say, He's over there. This is the way. Good luck to you. But the idea that their life is a, a, a pushing and an encouraging and a making easy that they would follow after God. You want to ask yourself as a parent, as a father, is my life pointing to God? Is my life pointing my children to walk faithfully with Him? Is, is my life something that makes God look attractive to my children? Or because of my hypocrisy, is it making it look repulsive? If you look at Second Thessalonians, Paul uses the example of how they acted as a good father would act. He says this in verse 11, he says, For you know how like a father with his children. And when he says that, he's saying it's, it's, it's obvious. You look at a good father with their children. What do they do? Paul says, we did that among you. This is what we were acting like. He says, we exhorted each uh, one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Paul says this, as we were among you, we pushed and cheered you on, admonished you, we corrected you just so that you would know you can do it. This is God. This is the most important thing for you. And as a father, this is what a good father does. A good father does. Let me. I need to say this. I, I, I need to say this. A good father does not stay silent, does not stay silent. A good father doesn't say, well, we'll just let little Johnny decide whatever they want. No way. As long as God gives you breath, do not say, well, they're making their own decisions. If their decisions are bad for them, tell them so. Tell them so. If they're under your control, stop them from doing it. 
I want to tell you that this is not this uh, take your hands off and, you know, I just want my, my, my son or daughter to follow their heart. Don't. Don't. The scripture tells us a lot about the heart of man. It's bad. And if you let your children follow their heart, they're going to make dumb decisions. They're going to bring pain into their life. And guess what? You too will experience that pain as you watch their life crumble. It'll break your heart. I want to tell you that a good father, God has given them this role to point them back to him. Point to God. That's what a father's job is. That's a reason God gave us fathers. And lastly, uh, I just want to say this. You're needed. You're needed. Um, and, and when I say you're needed as a father, um, they don't need you at your job. They, they don't need you at your job. And you say, well, oh yeah, I'm pretty important. You know what would happen if you retired today? They'd figure out somebody else to do it. And you know what? They might figure out someone who's better at it than you. You know why? Because they're smarter than you. And you say, that is so offensive. I meant to be, okay? I meant to be. There's, one, there's only one role that no one else can fill. And it's that of the father to your children. You're the one. You're the one. They, they need you. They need you to pursue them. They, they need you to be there. I, I want to tell you this. And it's presence. It's presence. And you say, like presence? Like Christmas? No, it's like you being there. Um, I, I'll say it this way. Most of us are, as dads, we go, oh, I just, I don't know what to do or whatever. Hey, um, uh, let's go to the carnival. And uh, hey, I want to go to the carnival. And you come home from the carnival and you go to your son or daughter and you say, look what I won you. And it's the six-foot stuffed bear. And you say, look, I, I won this for you. I did it all for you. I, I, I did it all for you. Here it is. And your son or daughter looks at it and goes, thanks, Dad. And they're thinking in their mind, that's the ugliest thing in the world. What am I going to do with that? Where am I going to put that? And the dad goes, yeah, I did it for you. You know what? I spent two hours at that stupid carnival game trying to shoot the basket that was the basketball that was too big for the basketball hoop that was too small. And I, I you know how much money I spent on this? I spent time and money and I was I was diligent. I, I was after it. And the son or daughter looks and goes, great, dad, Thanks. But I needed you. I needed you. And, and, and you say, well, I was out building this great career so I could make all this money. And they're saying, great, Dad. But I needed you. I needed someone to show me the way. But you were absent. I, I needed someone to tell me what I'm doing wrong. You know, I talk to the youth pastor quite a bit. Um, I... I don't know if you've ever met the youth pastor. If you have kids in the youth ministry, maybe you should talk to the youth pastor. Um, often you say, oh, I don't have any problems. Maybe you need to talk to the youth pastor. Get a little reality check, okay? But um, I talked to the youth pastor, and you know what he tells me? 
He says, parents don't tell their kids to stop doing weird things. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He says, uh, kids do these inappropriate, awkward, weird things. And there's no one in their life that says, don't do that. Stop doing that. And I go, thank you for telling me that. I'm going to say it more often at my house. Don't do that. That's a weird thing. That's not, that's not what God wants you to do right now. Stop it. Presence. We, we need fathers that are involved with their kids. They're with them. You say, well, how do you do that? Uh, do what they want to do, unless it's bad. And then pull them away and get them involved in things that are good. Bring them to church. Sit by them in church. Talk with them about church. Read the Bible with them. Talk with them. Work them through. When they come home from school and they got a mess on their hands, sit down and go, hey, what happened? Oh, this teacher was a pain. Well, what'd you do? Like, let's work it through. I'm having trouble with this kid at school. Well, did you punch him? No, I didn't punch him. Did you want to punch him? Yeah, did he deserve to be punched? You know, work them through. What did God want? This is how you do this. But you have to be there. You have to be there. You cannot do this on your own time as it fits into your schedule. God made you and you're needed in your home. The application to this is very simple and it's about choices, men. You got to ask yourself the first question. Is this activity? Is this schedule? Is this whatever? Is this going to make me a better father? Is this going to make me a better father? Second question. uh, Does this activity, this schedule, this event that I'm planning, does this make me a better husband? Most importantly, as we look at our schedule, at, at what we're doing, Does this help me to be a better follower of Jesus Christ? It's easy to talk to our kids about where they should go and what they should be. But first things first, we need to be where we need to be. That they might easily follow us and just go where dad's going. Let me pray for you men. God, I want to lift up the fathers here today. and God, I ask that you would... As they struggle with regrets, may they apply the grace that you have given us in your son Jesus to cover that. And God, as we deal with regrets, may they continue to think about today and the rest of their life. I ask that you would allow them to pursue you, to pursue their their wives, to pursue their kids in faith. May they not quit. May they not go home early. May they use the the days that you've given them to pursue this next generation, to encourage them to seek after you, that they might be marked by you, this next godly generation. God, we do thank you for your grace. We thank you for this day. We ask that these men would be encouraged at what you've made them and created them for. May we have these young men too, the ones that are single, the little boys, young men, May they seek to be godly fathers as you would so bless. We thank you in Jesus' name.